Hashtag dear listeners, we are the Coda, and you are listening to the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle, The Ruffin Show! And now, the wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle, The Whole Ruffin Show. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to yet another episode, another exciting episode of the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle, the whole Reffin show. Hey, hey now, my name is Perry Smith. And my name is Darren Beasley. You don't sound real excited. I'm very excited. I'm just enjoying my mug of hot cocoa here. We got the fireplace roaring. A dull roar. You can't hear it. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. Uh, can you? You also can't hear the snow falling outside because it doesn't make a sound. Snow falling. But it is snowing. Snow falling on cedar. Is that a movie? Is it? I'm pretty sure that's a movie. Snow falling on cedar. Uh, cedar. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that something? Cedar is wood. Well, I know. I know. Cedar is something. Snow falling on cedar. Something. I forget. I have to All right, that later. Uh, <laughs> please do. Let's uh, see if it's available on Amazon Prime with all of the other Christmas movies you don't want to watch. Of course, right, right. Uh, I, I do want to say uh, happy holidays to our hashtag dear listeners tuning in. If you celebrate Christmas, Merry Christmas. If not, that's fine. Uh, do what you do, but you probably celebrate wrestling. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here today. Hell yeah! Talking to us uh, in, a, in a listening, not talking to us at all kind of way. <laughs> uh, man, well, what is in? What is in this cocoa? Dude? Well, I forgot to tell you that I spiked the cocoa with heroin. <laughs> <laughs> God damn. Uh, well, that's very interesting. Uh, thank you again for tuning in, folks. It is uh, second to last. We are getting really close to the end of the year here. This is our second to last episode of the year, but, you know, worry not, folks. We'll, we'll come back next year. Well, yeah. Like Roxy the Snowman. I'm going to come back next year. Not, But we're not going to take a year to come back. Oh, that'd be nice. Uh, I don't mean that at all. Well, maybe if you're lucky, one of us will get the flu and we can take another Hey, break. that'd be great. That'd be wonderful. Uh, but on this oh, episode... God, please not me. Please on not this me. Episode, hey, fuck you. On this episode... <laughs> Merry Christmas! Uh, process of elimination, Darren. That means that you wish the flu upon me. It's true. Uh, on this episode, we are, of course, celebrating Christmas. Uh, but we're, of course, talking about wrestling. In fact, we're talking about uh, a, a small, and by small, I mean very small, fender bender uh, that involved Ronda Rousey and, uh, during South America tour of WWE goings-ons. This happened very recently. Uh, also, we're talking about uh, the new direction that WWE is now taking. New Direction. Is that a boy band? <laughs> no, that that's One Direction, Darren. One Direction. Oh! And I hate that I Wait, know that. One Direction? One Direction. Okay, I'm confused. Yes, okay. I'm confusing New Edition. Oh. Which is one of the oldest boy bands in the world. That's right, yeah, yeah. With, that's uh, Bobby Brown. Bobby Brown that's and Bobby Belle Brown. Biv DeVoe. Well, that's your prerogative, Darren. <laughs> it, it is. Man. And, uh, okay, that's what I was doing. I was combining New Edition and Old Direction. Wait, One Direction. Old Direction. 
Probably not a good no, no, In about 20 years, they're going to be that. Um, <laughs> uh, there you go. So we're talking about that. Of course, uh, TLC was this past weekend. They're not going to review TLC. We're going to get into that. We, uh, we've we been a little bit a little lacking, a little slacking in the WWE department, folks. We do apologize to those who, who more, more than most likely want to hear about what's going on in WWE, or at least hear our views of WWE stuff. So we're gonna we're gonna tear apart TLC and and kick it around and, and analyze it through a microscope. And we also have got to talk, and we will be as one of our headlines is this supposed new direction, right? Right. The WWE is taking, which is very intriguing. I hope it plays out in an intriguing fashion and isn't just a bunch of of nothing hype. Well, at the very least, it'll start off as something and eventually peter away into nothing. Uh, but also, folks, again, it is Christmas time, and we are very happy to announce that we have a very special guest on today's episode. So, I mean, at some point uh, during the episode, we're going to uh, be visited by a certain somebody, so I don't want to give away who it is. You're going to have to stay tuned to find out who that somebody may be. Oh, you're not going to tell me about this? No. Oh, no. it's a surprise for me, too? It's a surprise for you. Wow. Well, and... I've got a surprise for you. Oh, that's... Weird. Okay, let, me, let me tell you, let me tell you. I've got a surprise for you. So, last week when I sat down to uh, write up the synopsis right. that goes along with our iTunes uh, posting. Which have been lacking lately, I've noticed. Go ahead. What? No, 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 no. What do you mean they've been lacking? That was my surprise for you. Saying that your synopsis is <laughs> a terrible lacking. surprise. Merry Christmas, Darren. Merry Christmas. <laughs> wow. No thanks. What? What do you mean they're lacking? Uh, you, you can tell when Darren's a little tired because they get pretty short. That's all I'm going to say. That's all if I'm going to say. If there's not anything to write about, oh, there's plenty to write about. Anyway, that, let's go. Those were both written in the morning, by the way. I was not asleep. Okay. Or sleepy. It's okay. Go ahead. <sighs> wow. Now, that, now I know how you really feel. <laughs> well, I will say this: I sat down to type up the synopsis for last week's episode, and I thought. How do you spell Zygoople? And I, so I had to, to go to the old uh, Google machine and found out it is that her name was actually not Zygoople. What is it? It is Slaghoople. No. And, no, no, yes, no, no. It is, it is Slaghoople, which you just misheard as Zygoople. No. And. No, I'm right and Google is wrong, Darren. Well. If Google's wrong, then so were like 10 other sites that I went to complete all of the, the Flintstones research to make sure. Are these just lies because you're mad because it said your synopsis are, are, are slacking No, because you bit? said that after I told you that this was Oh, okay. Well, well, now now this that is revenge for this then. Okay. Now, now I extra mean it. Okay. Why do you have to be vengeful? Why, why can't you just uh, face reality? I'm a vengeful spirit. That's, I'm one of the ghosts that visits. Thank you, Ghost Rider. Ebenezer um, Scrooge. I'm also Ghost Rider. Yes. Uh, no, I, I'm, I'm Ghost Writer. I, I'm, I'm, I'm that little orb that flies around and writes messages for little kids to figure out what to do. Oh well, I can always. By, by, by the way, by the I way, how, how confusing is that, Darren? There's a Ghost Rider. There's Ghost Writer. And I think I, I made a joke on Twitter once that said I wanted to be I wanted to call myself Ghost Writer R I G H T E R to further oh confuse God. the fact that there already existed Ghost Writer a Ghost Writer. Well, you know, I guess if you combined the crow with Ghost Writer, that's true. You would have Ghost Writer. He's Ghost Writer because he's here to say the wrong things right. 
Uh, and uh, <sighs> Gold Dust Woman, uh, apparently. Because, you know, <laughs> she'll make you cry. She'll make you break down. Um, <laughs> Shatter your, your illusions, illusions of love. love. Okay. No. <laughs> no, so I'm not raining on your parade. Well, maybe I am raining on your parade, but not deliberately. Not so much that you need to be a spirit of vengeance. Okay. I'm just saying... What it did was, I did. My reaction was not to go, "Aha, Perry's wrong." It was to go, "Oh, thank God, they didn't drop the ball with the with the rock stone names. reference." Yeah, okay. Yeah. Because slag, I mean, because slag. In case you don't know, in case our dear listeners don't know what slag is, a transformer. I uh, sure. There's a transformer named Slag. I'm pretty sure there's a transformer named Slag. Okay. Well, slag, apparently, when you refine a metal or a rock from its ore into its refined state, the leftover scrap is referred to as slag. So it's basically like gravel. It's like metal gravel or stone. And so it's like, oh, okay. And hoople, as in mop the hoople, is simply British slang for like an unscrupulous person. Or like a not good person. So, what that says to me is that Wilma was not necessarily because you would never you would never refer to her as Wilma Slaghoople. You would only refer to her as Wilma Flintstone. The only Slaghoople on the show was her mother. And since on old American television shows, <laughs> what is happening? Mothers-in-law were the enemy, right? Okay. Yes. That's why... It's <laughs> based she, on true stories. That's why... I don't know. I've never had a mother-in-law. Oh, God. That's why the mother-in-law was Mrs. Slaghoople. Because it was his way of saying that she's like this leftover byproduct rock terrible slash terrible person. Yeah, but her name was Pearl, though. Okay. But her last name was Slaghoople. Her first name is beautiful. Her last name, not so much. Well, I, I, your first name is what someone thinks about you. Your last name is who you really are. It's where you come from. Right, but you can't help what's in your blood, am I right? You can't, but that's what makes her a slag hoople. Okay, but your main point is that I was wrong. I apologize, Darren, that I, I thought I remembered that correctly. Okay, fine. That's it. Okay. So, now we know the real name of Wilma Flintstone, <laughs> the real maiden name of Wilma Flintstone... And uh, we're going to talk all about that. No, we're not. We're talking about TLC, though, but we can't do that until we get through some of them. Headlines! Ronda Rousey is in a car accident in Peru. This is apparently breaking news as we come uh, on the air to record She's a passenger in a car, uh, I guess, headed either away from the airport or back to the airport. I can't imagine that after Raw, the week before Thanksgiving, they flew her to South America, and now all the already all the way back. I don't understand. But she's in a car. She's near an airport. She's not driving. She's in an accident. She's okay. That's that's what's important. <laughs> Slow news week, folks. She's in an accident. Slow news week. She's okay. And uh, that's it. Good night, folks. Good night, folks. Na-na-na, Merry Christmas. No, car accidents overall should not be taken lightly, and that's why this is a story um, similar to when we reported Kali probably two years ago 
uh, on Vince McMahon getting into a car accident uh, right outside of WWE <laughs> yeah, but he headquarters. Did that. He totally did that. But that was his fault. <laughs> that was his fault. But car accidents uh, have taken yeah, It was lives. his fault, but I'm sure he blamed it on Baron Corbin somehow. <laughs> <laughs> probably, probably. probably. Okay. Um, car accidents have actually taken the lives of uh, lots of wrestlers uh, and wrestling personalities over the years. I know that uh, Gorilla Monsoon's son lost his life in a car accident in which uh, Harvey Whippleman survived. The junkyard dog died in a car accident. Uh, in a profession where there's so much travel, and historically and continuing to this day, all you have to do is watch WWE 24-7. They have a show called Fucking Ride Along right. to show how, yeah, yeah, these people come and they wrestle in the ring for eight minutes of their day. The rest of their whole life is travel. Right, right. Uh, and it's not just WWE, by the way. Independent wrestlers traveling oh, sure. all the time. I think we... Uh, we talked to Effie at the last Fest Wrestling show, right? He talked about how he just drove from North Carolina all the way down to Gainesville. Through a snowstorm. Through a snowstorm. He became a, he became a grandparent. I had to drive through the <laughs> snow uphill barefoot. I could have put my shoes back on. He could have, but he didn't. That's dedication. That's dedication. <laughs> Devotion. Turning the nighttime <laughs> into the day. So, you know, this is a, a profession where travel is, is a big deal and... Uh, Auto accidents, plane crashes, I mean, it's terrible realities. So this is one that is minor and has a happy ending. Ronda Rousey, please get back to the States. Be safe. Merry Christmas to the Rousey family, if that's what you celebrate, if that's what you're into. And uh, get back on my TV next week and every week after that because, like I said last week, on the Ronda Rousey train... We want more Ronda Rousey right now. Well, apparently she's not on the train. She's in a car. That's uh, true. She needs to get back on the train. It's, it's safer. Um, speaking of WWE, Ronda Rousey, of course, part of WWE. Uh, WWE announcing that they're taking a, quote, new direction. Not a One Direction, Darren. No, but a, or a, a new, new edition. A new direction. Apparently the McMahons getting a little more hands-on, even though they're the ones pulling the strings behind the curtain. Can I just say... Here comes the new ball. <laughs> Same as the old ball. Basically, yeah. So the people who are in charge all along are just making it more known to the casual fan who doesn't know anything about wrestling that they're in charge. Of, I don't. Okay. I, there was one really cool moment in this. Uh, basically, this happens after TLC. This is Raw and SmackDown this week, uh, the week that this episode is coming out. Raw and SmackDown is where they make this new idea of who's managing, how they're managing, why they're managing, what they want to do, what the new direction is, etc., etc. One cool moment, probably the coolest moment to me, is uh, the, there was a shot on Raw where Vince, Stephanie, Hunter, and Shane are all in the ring together. They're not healing it up. They're not really gimmicking it up. They're, they're kind of there as, as real as they can be. Now, these are people that, that, that pretend professionally and they kind of live their gimmicks but as gimmicky at the least gimmicky as possible was the presentation and that was kind of cool um the idea that it's no longer vince faded into the background and now it's stephanie versus shane raw versus smackdown it's more of a we're keeping the brand split but here we all are the mcmahon family which includes the hunter hearst helmsley uh, and the four of us are now running all of it, and we're running it 
in response to you. Hashtag WWE Universe. Now, that's where the big WTF comes in. Because are they really? How is it a uh, publicity stunt to even just say this? Are they going to listen now and then peter out like you said? Are they truly taking a new direction? They're using this, these ideas, new direction, new start, fresh start. But a few things. They, uh, Baron Corbin out as a GM. Which, by the way, it's horrible. They put all of this on Baron Corbin, especially during TLC, during his match. Basically, it's, it's commentary. I know it's all it's all part of the show, whatever. But at the same time, it was it was kind of shitty because it, it's their way of acknowledging that ratings have been down for the last couple months or so. But literally putting it all on Baron Corbin and saying, right. "We know things have been great because of this guy, <laughs> Baron Corbin," and it's just like. Jesus fucking Christ, like you're actually trying to put this on Baron Corbin. Right, it didn't seem I'm like... I'm not a huge Baron Corbin fan, but even I thought that was shitty. Right, because it wasn't like in a heel way. Right. It was just in a, you suck. You're acknowledging something that is real, but, you know, pawning it off on someone who is just doing Playing what you a told role. them. Exactly. Right. To me, and then that that is such a McMahon thing to do. Oh, it... But that, that is like the most McMahon thing to do on this planet. The, so. the, you know, the least the least reeking of McMahon thing this week was Vince McMahon. Uh, probably, God, 30 pounds less muscle. Um, his collar looked like he buttoned his collar at his jawline. <laughs> like, where is his neck? Right. I mean, I... His, his suit is still worth more than my house. Like people get older, dude. I know, and I just I, I hate that. I'm not being critical. He, he might join. He might join Old Direction. <laughs> he, he could. He could join he, old he, he, he's a man who loves Old Direction. Oh yeah. So he he would fit right in. <laughs> I just I, I don't know. I kind of felt bad. He just didn't really seem very much like McMahon. He's got that like puppy dog eye where he looks like he's crying all the time, which is probably just because he probably has an eye condition. And he's probably putting eye drops in, but the result is that he looks really sad all the time. And like his, <laughs> like I've said this before, the skin on his face yeah. is like seven different colors now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, people get old, Darren. People I get old. I won't. I won't even live as long as this man has lived. I'm not. I'm not trying to tear him down. I'm just painting a picture of what the dude looks like on HD television. No, I know. I know. I mean. He doesn't look like Vince fucking McMahon. He doesn't look like a genetic jackhammer as he billed himself for the better part of two decades. Uh, I'm simply stating a fact here, and it's that he looks rough, and I understand why he took himself off TV, but he just can't stay away. And there he is again on TV, despite the fact that he knows what he looks like. He's not happy with what he looks like, and yet he can't. Leave it alone. He didn't have to come out there. Shane and Stephanie could have come out and said the same thing. I, I think Vince knows that at this point it's kind of an attraction when he shows up. I mean, because at TLC they advertised Vince McMahon being on Raw the following night multiple times throughout the show. And he, even even I got to the point where I thought, like, they really think that's a big enough draw for to go, well, I don't want to miss this. Because, I mean, well, they, they, they kind of, like, fooled viewers, basically, into going, like, oh, they're going to shake things up. Like, oh, there's a superstar shake-up. <laughs> right. So I don't want to miss that. I don't I don't want to miss people jumping from show to show, but that's not what happened. It's just, no. hey, man, things are going to change eventually. No oh. chance! <laughs> no chance! <laughs> so that's, that's all we got. So we don't know a lot. This is what we do know. 
NXT call-ups are supposed to be uh, immediate, more frequent, and more disruptive. Oh, God, stop, please. The fucking pitcher is overflowing with liquid, and they're still dumping people into it, and there's, there's nowhere to go. They, they don't know how to push the people they already have. It's it's depressing. I mean, I, I'm not I'm not against call-ups. It's just Andrade got called up, and where is he? You know, No Way Jose. Poor No Way Jose, Darren. Oh, I'm so thrilled. Oh, man. I'm so thrilled to be right about that one. Bobby Roode is now on a tag team with Chad Gable. Does that's, that make any sense? No, that's terrible. The only one who's doing well. Where the fuck is, fuck is Ty Dillinger? The only one who's doing well is Shinsuke Nakamura, and they tried their best. They tried their best to make you not give a shit about Shinsuke, but in spite of that, he's still doing pretty well for himself, I gotta say. Hats off to Shinsuke. And even though he has not won the championship, and Jeff Hardy pretty much dressed him down Tuesday on, on SmackDown, Samoa Joe, in terms of like being in the spotlight and being in the public eye... He has been given his his chance, right? Like, and and he it's is not their fault. He's been injured multiple times throughout the last year. So. It's actually amazing that they continue to push him, right? Despite how frequently he gets injured. But what we do know is that Lars Sullivan is coming up from NXT. Heavy Machinery, the tag team we've talked about a lot from past We Were There segments. They've been in NXT forever. They really have. Um, and I, they probably would do best to stay there. But uh, yeah, Nikki Cross uh, formally. Because I think she's appeared quite a she's, bit. She's already made a couple appearances. But yet. she's formally uh, joining the, the, the quote-unquote main roster. Um, Lacey Evans? Lacey Evans. Now, that one surprises me. That doesn't surprise me at all. Why? Well, first of all, look at her. She is she's a, big she as blonde. A, she's a specimen. Right. Um, she has a very unique look to her. I think she's got really innovative offense. I enjoy watching her wrestle. Also, like, she's a big hit at the Performance Center. Apparently, she, like, helps coaching a lot and stuff like that. Okay. More, more like endurance and strength coaching, I think. She's kind of someone, because she, she was a drill sergeant, I think, back in the day. Um, also, just, I don't know, like, she, she again, big and blonde, absolutely. Um, but I, I think it's a it's a good call-up. Someone someone on Twitter mentioned it's got to be one of the fastest NXT call-ups, and it's like, no. Lacey no. Evans, she's been around for like three years. Yeah, so Whoever wrote that on Twitter, I guess they're talking about from NXT television. Yeah. And even then, no, Ruby Riot went through. Oh, yeah, Ruby faster. is the definition. Ruby is the legit fastest person to ever go through the machine. We've talked about that many times in the show. But anyway, uh, good for Lacey Evans. Uh, absolutely. I think she'll be a nice addition to the show. I... Uh, I, I, I kind of scratched my head at Heavy Machinery, uh, bringing up another couple of big guys. AOP didn't really do anything when they showed up. and I mean, they won the tag belts, but that was not for very long. Um, so I, I don't know what the game plan is. But, I mean, again, you're bringing more people in. You're not letting any talent go because they're definitely afraid people will go succeed somewhere else. Um, so they're trying to hold, trying to keep everyone tethered to WWE, and it's like, well, you're gonna have to make Raw seven hours long if you want to actually show everyone. That's well, how about roster. Bully Ray's tweet saying that WWE is intentionally not uh, helping their top stars get over wow. uh, in an effort to make them less attractive to other organizations? It's like. I really hope that's not. I hope that that's just Bully Ray there might be slash some Bubba Ray that. being himself. Bubba Ray can be a little abrasive. Uh, I agree with him half the time, though, I will say. and I do, too. He's, he's definitely not wrong about that, I don't think. There, there, there is something about that. They tend to keep pe- hold people back for no reason. Hence Samoa Joe not getting the belt. Hence Shinsuke Nakamura not getting the belt. But AJ... 
You get in the belt, Jeff Hardy showing up and getting a title. I mean, people who are already established WWE talent and people that when you think of them, you think of WWE, those guys can get the belt. Daniel Bryan, sure, no problem. But like someone that Samoa Joe, you don't think of, you know, you might think of NXT, you don't think of WWE right away, you might think, you know, uh, you know, Impact or whatever. Hell, right I still do. Shinsuke Nakamura, obviously you think of New Japan first. I still do. And so they're like, nah, not going to do it. So, But Asuka, though. Yeah, we'll get to that. Not that she <laughs> wins anything, but... So that's that. So we don't really know. We know that we don't know, but this is what we know so far, which is basically what you know, but here's how we feel about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's real wonky. It's real wonky. I think that one of the things, like I said, it's maintaining a brand split, and I think it will maintain that brand split because they're doubling down on the brand split by way of sending SmackDown over to Fox. So they have to now. Now they really have to. They're not going to put their raw talent, which is worth so much more now because it's going to be on a better channel that paid so much money to have raw on that channel. They're not going to put them on the same lower budget quote show because they're basically giving away the stuff at discounted price. It's like, oh no, we'll we'll have our B team go be on SmackDown then. (sighs) And I hate to say that, but I mean... I really hate that. Think of it economically, it makes a lot of sense. Why would you do the same thing on a lesser show, on a lesser channel, for lesser money? Well, here's here's what potentially excites me. If they are acknowledging already, even before the network shift, that this is, quote-unquote, a new direction, this is a new start, a fresh start, whatever, then you go even further by splitting them, they're not both NBC Universal products anymore. You have two brands, two completely different networks, in the era and the spirit of this new beginning, or new direction, and you have NXT sort of turning into a full-blown brand and then having a new company slash entity slash brand take over the development, the true developmental wheel. That, to me, is actually really exciting. Like That has a lot of potential for having truly different, watchable product. That's what made NXT so incredibly watchable when it uh, was not just a Hulu, but when it came to the network, I didn't miss an... I, every Wednesday at 8 o'clock, for a couple of years, I didn't miss NXT. Now, I have to go back and catch up over the weekend, or maybe even double up on weeks sometimes. Right. I used to well, never... Which isn't that hard to do. No, no, it's no, no. It's a no. show, yeah. But at the same time, I used to not miss that hour. That was the must-see hour of wrestling for me every week, was NXT. Um... And as little as I get thrilled about Raw and SmackDown these days, I still actually manage to watch it in a more timely manner than I do NXT. My point is, Raw and SmackDown could could actually, right now, if they play their cards right, become truly different entities, the most different that they've ever been in any brand split era, and that could be a good thing. It could be the difference between watching... I don't know, watching a football game on NBC versus watching a football game on ESPN. It's the same game. It's the same company, the same organization. It's, a, it's kind of a different experience. And that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. It's not going to be that. Uh, <laughs> SmackDown's going to do what it always does, which is how can we be more like Raw in that like you know production-wise and, and 
people, I guess, giving a shit wise. You know, it, it's it, it's always going to be the B show just because it came second. That's um, just the way it is. But I mean, it's not like SmackDown's going to become like the dark, gritty ECW show. No, 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 no. Or, or, or like just the wrestling something. show that comes on at like three in the morning and don't let your parents know you're watching it. You know, like totally different experience. It's not going to happen at all. But they're gonna they're gonna have to beef up SmackDown and make it as much like Raw as they can. Obviously, with a different cast of characters. Um, so it becomes more economically viable in the future. So the next time this happens again for negotiations, they get more out of SmackDown. Uh, if not, just put it on the network. To me, if they were smart, they should have got that offer for SmackDown and said, no thank you, and put SmackDown Live on the network for a while until it got to the point where they were like, oh, you know what? This is as good as Raw, and then have people go, well... We get as many viewers on the network watching SmackDown Live every every week. What do you think? And then that way they would have got more money. As it is, they kind of had to take whatever they can get just to kind of go, okay, SmackDown is somewhere. <laughs> they should have just kept it to themselves and built it up on their own. And then, here it is. We put a little spit polish on it and go, here we go. It's just like Raw now. But whatever. Who am I? <laughs> I don't know. They don't, they don't usually ask our opinions. They don't. We give them. We give them for free. All they have to do is listen. I, I don't know. I, Vince McMahon's always going to take the easy money. He uh, he's going to take the quick money, and uh, he's not a he's not a double or nothing kind of guy. He's an all or all. Right. Uh, it's just the whole being stuck in a year, two year, five year long contract. That that's kind of like a well, it's this for a long time. Well, you know what? I I still think the craziest move of all time, the the craziest Vince McMahon move. Ever was when they moved to TNN. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. W- that was like what? Like that was so strange to me that I I don't even know how to. I really I I'm at a loss for words. I was at a loss for words 15, 16 years ago whenever that happened, and I still am because that was like I huh? Not only are you leaving USA, which is weird enough. You're going to TNN? I think nothing's weirder than ECW than WWE ECW on the Sci-Fi Channel. <laughs> to me, it gets no more strange. <laughs> like, what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> uh, that's that's weird for a lot of reasons. So anyway, we'll we'll see what the new direction takes us, folks. We are going to keep our eyes uh, peeled uh, very closely. I'm, I'm sure you will too. Watching Raw every week and SmackDown every week, and you you make the judgments for yourself if you want to hit us up. Let us know what you see. You you could be a you could be a, a, a eye in the sky. <laughs> Give us the hot scoops, folks. Especially if any of you can actually pull that off. If any of you have a helicopter, oh man, and you want to watch wrestling from the helicopter's point of view. Well, Darren, speaking of eye yeah. in the sky. Oh, speaking of Alan eye Parsons in the sky. Project? Whoa, whoa, whoa! No, no, no! Eye in the sky. Someone who can fly through the air in the greatest of ease. That's right, Darren. I told you we had a special guest. It was a surprise oh, it was a surprise it's a uh sue young no no oh, no no well, uh, well, it's certainly a as, you know, as you know it is christmas time folks <gasps> and we do have the big man himself <gasps> on the show ladies and gentlemen without further ado santa claus is with us here on the whole reference show santa claus are you there Wow, Santa! Thank you for joining us. Thank you for being here on the whole ref and show. Are you? Are you? Uh, what? I guess you're in the North Pole still. 
Uh, Santa, can you hear us? Ho, ho, ho. Yes, that's what okay, you said. That's what Santa says. Welcome to the show. I'm very excited. Did you get my Christmas list? <laughs> oh, no, Darren. Darren, that's not Santa Claus. That's not Santa Claus at all. It's... It's... <laughs> hey, man. How you doing? How y'all doing, man? It's... It's... Booker-Claus. <laughs> Booker-Claus. Welcome to the... This is... Christmas has come early. Oh my goodness, folks! We didn't think we'd see him again, but it's uh, it's Booker T. I, I get Booker Claus. Is that correct? <laughs> my man, you know me making, uh, making all the all the toys for the childrens, making all the toys for the children. <laughs> Santa T, baby. <laughs> Wait, is it Booker Claus? Santa T. <laughs> which which what is it? <laughs> Santa tea, that sounds like some herbal essences. It, like. it sounds like a like a seasonal drink, like eggnog. <laughs> it goes what? To, actually, actually, eggnog kind of sounds like it could be Santa tea. Oh, no, man, I don't know about none of that, man. That's crazy, man. Santa don't do none of that stuff. He's a, he's a supplement. A supplement. Oh, no, okay, supplements. That's I like supplements. You stay in good shape there, Santa tea. Claus. I like supplements. <laughs> I like settlements. <laughs> they're not. They're not uh, overpowered. They're a little understated. Okay. Okay. So, uh, but Booker T. Well, Booker, Booker T. Claus. But Booker Claus. Mister. Mister Santa. Whoever Mr. you want to be. T. Oh, what's it, Mister T? There. <laughs> what is it you want to tell everyone? Oh man, I just want to say, I want to tell everyone out there, all the little children out there, I want to say, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas from my heart. You can't come from my heart. All right. <laughs> Oh, that is delight. That is a real delight. You've that got kind nice. words. Yeah. Kind words for all the children out there. Do you have any special Christmas messages for Jason Jordan? <laughs> Man, fuck that guy. Wow. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> We've speculated on the show uh, for quite some time that Booker T hated Jason Jordan. I think uh, I think our, our, our thought uh, process has been confirmed there, Darren. I think it's pretty much... Well known now at this point. Uh, yeah. So I guess what are you gonna put lumps of coal into, into Jason? <laughs> Jordan? I am a missile drop kick the top rope, baby. I'm gonna give him the Harlem hangover. You know what I say? You're from gonna get the Harlem hangover, baby. Me and Sister Shadow, your brother Stevie Ray is gonna get him. I mean, Mrs. Claus, Mrs. Claus is gonna get him. Mrs. Claus. <laughs> um, you know, I don't want to bring down the Christmas spirit or anything, but are you you are aware that? Sister Sherry is no longer with us. And you're aware that Mrs. Claus does not exist, right? <laughs> Merry Christmas, y'all! All right, well, that well, was Merry it. Merry Christmas to you. Booker Claus, thank you for stopping by. Wow, that kind of didn't turn out the way I would, hoped it would. I mean, Santa T. Well, typically when we have like a special guest on the show, it's like you know, someone fun like Effie or Rich Bokini or Teddy Stigma. Remember him? Yeah? Yeah. I mean, who could forget Teddy Stigma? Just, <laughs> He's the world's worst role model. It, it's been a while since we heard from Teddy. We're going to have to check in on him because 2019 is his breakout <laughs> year. <ago. laughs> Barring any unfortunate slide incidents, Teddy. Anywho, well, that was that. Uh, yeah, and now I gotta say, this is, this is the final straw. We have to get uh, a better person, a better call screener. Right, right, right. Because, yes, we do normally have people that we like, like Effie and Rich Bokini and Teddy Stigma, uh, and, and all the many lovely guests we've had on the show, friends of the show. <laughs> but now, we have 
<laughs> we have been successfully hoodwinked. Yeah, several times by, by now. By Dead, Holodead, Jason Cade, Jason Cade, and now, and now uh, uh, Booker T. Santa T. Booker Santa Claus. T. <laughs> so, uh, who, what is the, who, who is... Who is screening our calls? I don't know. We have all these unpaid interns working for us, Darren. I don't know any of their names, and I don't want to know any of their names. I don't want to play. <laughs> I don't want to play any of their wow. reindeer games. As a matter of fact, Ooh. I refuse to enter into their uh, into their white elephant uh, Christmas party. So there, well, and, and that's not a fat joke, Darren. Uh, Darren, it's not. It's a I hate underlings joke. Darren, we were we were uh, we were had. Uh, that that phone call was no good. I don't think our hashtag new listeners appreciated that at all. I don't know. It was pretty good. But hopefully they will appreciate our review for TLC, a.k.a. Tables, Ladders, and Chairs, which is coming right now. This is Teddy Stigma, the world's worst role model, reminding you kids to be like me. Eat steak, lift weights, and drink whiskey. And... Listen to the wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle, The Whole Reffin' Show. This past Sunday, the 16th of December, 2018, from San Jose, California. It's pronounced San Jose. Uh, oh, sorry. It's San Jose. Uh, San Jose. What language is that? Josie. Oh, okay. Okay. The Outlaw Josie Wales? Yes. Uh, WWE TLC 2018 Tables, Ladders, and Chairs, not T-Boz Left Eye and Shelly. <laughs> Alright, get that out of the way immediately. Okay. Had to. It's, oh, it's been, it's like, it's right, it's like, there's my, there's my, uh, like my epidermis, and then there's the TLC jokes. But what about your friends? I don't know. I don't, just, uh, no. <laughs> okay. Uh, we left that one out last week. We did. We, did. we didn't leave it out last year. No, no, no. But we did leave it out last week. So TLC. And we've exhausted our <laughs> T-Paws left eye and chili. That's it. Folks. So WWE stop having sh- TLC shows because next year we're not going to know what the hell to talk about. Yeah, exactly. Um, unless one of us somehow becomes a big TLC fan. Somehow. <laughs> Like, by listening to the music. I know there are four biggest hits, Darren. Clearly, I'm a huge fan of TLC. Anywho. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I know one of them. Uh, so there was a pre-show, as usual. Um, you, you never can tell when uh, WWE's shows uh, are going to start these days. I will say I got a message from one of our uh, dear listeners, Tyler Rollins, um, saying... That did you notice how many times they said pay-per-view the other night as opposed to not saying anything or saying network special or live on the WWE Network, etc., etc. And uh, he was of the opinion, and we won't spend a lot of time talking about this until we believe that it actually becomes a, a true possibility, but Tyler went ahead and put out the speculation that they're starting to reintegrate this idea of pay-per-view because maybe they're leaning back towards a pricing structure where the network specials are all fine and good, but the big four, while still being available on the network, will require an additional payment. And uh, so they're trying to plant that seed in in their viewers' minds of the fact that these are pay-per-views. You have to pay per-to-view them. 
That would be horrible and disastrous. I it think. most definitely would. So I'm not saying I necessarily agree with Tyler, but that was an interesting email to get from one of our uh, one of our oldest, dearest, and closest uh, and most faithful listeners. Shout out to Tyler Rollins. Uh, yeah, if if that's if there's anything right about that, which you know Tyler's a very smart boy, it could very easily be that. But uh, yeah, for I mean WWE is putting maybe. It's great for us, but maybe too much content on the uh, network, which means they got to pay for that. And they're kind of realizing, like, well, we only charge ten bucks a month. We're gonna have to up the ante a little bit. So, I yeah, don't I don't, I don't, I don't foresee them doing that. I really don't foresee them doing that. Uh, but we'll see. If they did say pay per view a lot more than they normally do, then uh, I haven't gone back and watched it to to see what Tyler meant, but. Uh, Maybe it was did, just Booker T on the panel. I would be curious. <laughs> Booker T's got old brain. <laughs> it's true. He didn't even realize that Sherry Martell was no longer living. Hey, hey. Wishful thinking. Wishful thinking that she were still alive. So, but like the whole this this whole point started with me saying I have, you don't necessarily have any idea when shows begin on the network anymore. I mean, eight o'clock used to be pretty standard start time. Why are they starting these shows at seven and pre-shows at six? Or earlier. I mean, and this is for, like, me watching on the East Coast. If I were, like, a Pacific Coaster, which you're about to be again. Oh, no. I get up in the morning, and I make some coffee, and I... And I, you watch I, live I, 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 I turn on some pre-show, and I'm making my scrambled eggs and cheese, reading the paper. I mean... I should probably pay attention to what's going on, because I have to review the uh, the pay-per-view. No, but you're cooking and reading the paper. Oh, uh, but uh, paper. The paper. Pay-per-view. Okay, now I see why I'm confused. Okay. <laughs> so there was a pre-show at some point during the day, and uh, t- <laughs> probably around noon right. and um, Greenwich time, <laughs> which is eight a.m. West Coast time. Yeah, uh, who even knows? Um, <laughs> but uh, on the pre-show, uh, as we speculated, the cruiserweight championship was uh, was defended. That's a no-brainer. Buddy Murphy, the champion, did defeat Cedric Alexander. Bloody Murphy. <laughs> yeah. Bloody Murphy. He should be called Buddy Bloody Murphy. Or Bloody Buddy Murphy. Bloody. Uh, that's probably better, huh? <laughs> Bloody Murphy. I, I, I like that. I actually really like that. Well, Bloody Buddy Murphy. Once again, my stupid idea becomes a great <laughs> money-making machine. Vince, I hope you're listening, bud. Bloody Murphy. He retains, by the way. He does. And I said if he was going to retain the belt, it might as well just be on the on the pre-show. Because we've already seen this match. Not to say that it would be a bad match or no one would care, but this is just Cedric Alexander trying to get his belt back from Buddy Murphy to no avail. So, Yeah, and 205 Live continues to, to be interesting. Um, as we saw after part of the shakeup, uh, part of this new Raw and SmackDown, this new direction, is Mustafa Ali, of all people, uh, permanently called up to the SmackDown roster. No longer part of 205 Live at all. Did he gain weight? So I'm saying, like, <laughs> does he weigh 206 pounds? Yes. Like, what's the deal? Um, Where everything is fake, except for the weight capacities, the weight limits. Uh, what? Uh, and so... You gained five pounds. You're going to Raw. <laughs> oh, no. And Yeah, I mean, uh, so for to punish Ali, he beats the WWE champion on SmackDown. Like, I don't... That might be the worst booking I've ever seen. You bring Mustafa <laughs> Ali up, right? And he beats Daniel Bryan, the WWE champion, on his first night on SmackDown. Like Ali is fine and all, and 
I have no problem with him being on SmackDown as opposed to 205 Live, but what? Huh? The other pre-show match doesn't surprise me. This is exactly where I would have put this match other than the trash can. But it does surprise me. <laughs> is it a trash can match? <laughs> that WWE, no, Duke the Dumpster Josie is not in oh, it. Oh, yeah. Um, although he was on Stone Cold Steve Austin's podcast a couple weeks ago, and I was like, him? Um, so, Elias versus Bobby Lashley with Leo Rush in a ladder match to retrieve the guitar. And to answer your question, it was not the, the first man who gets it can use it, although you certainly couldn't be stopped from using it. It was basically you get it, you win. It's like a la- it's like any other ladder match, and it's like, so why does so it have match, to be a guitar? So the match just stops after yeah. that happens. You get to to whack your opponent with the guitar once you get it. So Elias wins the match. He defeats Bobby Lashley, which makes even less sense. Let's say he wins in a. Uh, what are we doing with Bobby Lashley? <laughs> At this point. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, really. Mm-hmm. Which, check out the new season of Edge and Christian show on WWE Network. <laughs> they, they, uh, whew, they're giving Bobby Lashley a hard time, and rightfully so. Oh, well, fair enough. Um, hey, man, he's not booking himself this way. That's all I'm going to say. That's fair. Maybe give that's him fair. a real manager instead of a rodeo clown? <laughs> oh, my God! Take that, Leo Rush. So now we are on to the real show. The real show. After two good matches. Uh, uh, <laughs> two matches. This is the finals. The show uh, proper opens with the finals of the Mixed Match Challenge. The winners of the match not only win the Mixed Match Challenge, and they win this fictitious couple's vacation, which is problematic when almost everybody in the WWE these days is married to or in a serious relationship with someone else in WWE, and yet the Mixed Match Challenge is comprised of none of those real-life relationships except for John Fatu and uh, uh, and uh, Trinity Fatu. And they're doing more with Rusev and Lana being more together. That's true, but <laughs> we get two, two teams that are definitely not together, and that is Carmella and R-Truth uh, taking on Jinder Mahal and Alicia Fox. Mahalisha, um, which I do like that name. That's pretty cool, actually, yeah. and I and I wouldn't mind her sticking around, to because I like Mahal having an entourage. Like I love um, the Singh brothers, and if Alicia Fox were a permanent part of that, that'd be real cool. Right. Um, also, that dude, and we got to talk about this if we if we do a We Were There segment on that NXT show. That monstrous guy, oh yeah, that yeah monstrous yeah, yeah. Indian guy that's in NXT now. That is a, a scary man. Well, maybe next week, Darren. And uh, maybe so. Uh, but not only do they get this fictitious uh, vacation and the, the Mixed Match Challenge Championship, whatever that's worth, but <laughs> this is a big About deal. About this much? <laughs> I'm holding up nothing, folks. The biggest deal is that the couple that wins, the pair, the mixed tag team, whatever, they each get the 30th entry spot in their respective Royal Rumbles. To me, that's huge. Not because hashtag if wrestling were real and the last person to enter stands a good chance of being the most well-rested, etc., etc. Well, that is the only reason, yeah. <clears throat> well, yes, it is. Hashtag if wrestling were real. Yeah. But even if it's not, the 30th is just a special entry. Um, 30th is also always 
used to really build anticipation. So it surprises me that WWE would do this because now the audience, the average audience member, is only invested up to number twenty nine. Right. We talked about this, you know, you and I before we recorded you know, a couple days ago, like how that's a bad idea because thirty's like, oh man, it could be anyone. It could be Sting returning. <coughs> it could be Kenny Omega. I mean, Lord knows we, you know, really, <laughs> really. Uh, built herself up into a frenzy talking about the Royal Rumble from like two years ago. And we thought like, it could be anybody! When we literally said both of those people. Right, right, right. Hey, we were right about Ty Dillinger coming out at number 10, okay? Um, so yeah, I, I don't like that they're basically taking away the surprise of who could be number 30 for both the women's and the men's Rumble. Um, but yeah, I mean, now we know that it will be the winners of this match, which are R-Truth and uh, Carmella. Which is no surprise because they're kind of over as a pair. They are, and I don't dislike it. Uh, it's, no, the, it's, it's the least offensive our truth has been to me in a long time. Right. I can kind of tolerate him right now with Carmella. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, and they defeat Jinder Mahal and Alicia Fox and, mo- and move on to all these great rewards. Yeah, the, the, great which, war- the greatest reward of being a very, very awkward segment after the match. We're talking about where they're going on their vacation, and I think our truth picked uh, Stanford, Connecticut. <laughs> The headquarters of WWE. He should have picked San Jose, California, where they already were. That would have been fine. But there's a lot of awkwardness. And who's is it? Caleb Braxton in the ring or something like that? That's doing it with it him. is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The whole thing just did not go over well as far as the comedy, the comedic timing. Um, so oh yeah, and very Kayla like, didn't help either. No, no, she really threw off the timing with some weird comment it, it she could made have been toward a, the end. It could have been a cardboard cutout conducting the interview after. Better, actually, it could it have been better. It would have been better. And Kayla's not always bad. She's pretty good. So that was that was a big botch. Well, for the, her. the whole the whole joke was dumb. So <laughs> they, 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 could have, they could have just cut that immediately. But anyway, so the next match challenge. Woo! Winners. Moving on. Uh, next not up, for a real wrestling match because these intergender matches are not real wrestling matches. They really are not. Uh, not when you see actual intergender matches and independent shows. So that's all. Although I will say that two nights later on SmackDown, they insisted on having another one, and the Miz and Mandy Rose as a team was pretty entertaining. I will say that uh, there are some interesting scenarios that develop when they start mixing the men and the women on WWE because it's just not typically done. Right. And so it's kind of neat. And, man, they are pushing Mandy Rose right now. Like, obviously as a heel, but pushing her, uh, which I think we all saw coming, but it's interesting. Uh, but, yes, after that Mixed Match Challenge opener for the TLC show proper, we have another tag team match. This one is a triple threat tag team match for the SmackDown Live Tag Team Championships, The Bar... They are your champions, and they will be taking on the Usos and the New Day. Jimmy and Jey Uso! (laughs) If anybody is is Irish, uh, it's the Usos. Yes, they're pretty Irish. And uh, and the New Day. And uh, I know you said you're just absolutely sick. Oh my god. And we talked about it, and I... You know what the answer what's is? Be- what's better than any two of these teams wrestling each other? All three of these teams wrestling each other. You know what's even worse, though? And I hate to say this, but the only thing that could be worse is if you added Heavy Machinery to this. So, like, okay. I I hope Heavy Machinery goes to Raw just because adding them to this particular blend of tag teams? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. I, I can't. It, it's a good... And this, the thing is, folks, 
every time I see it, it's still like, oh, that's a good match. It's fine. I just don't care. I don't care. I'm, I'm There's so you. many other tag teams out there. Why'd you break up American Alpha? Why'd you break them up? They were great. I'm truly over the New Day. The Usos, it depends on the week. The Bar, I'm still on board. In fact, I actually like them more now than I ever have. I continue to like them. I like them from the moment they got together. I've supported them all along, and I still do. Uh, on Sunday and then again on Tuesday, when they came out, I'm just like, hell yeah. Like, I like these guys. And, um, you know, you can't really read Cesaro's face that well. But Sheamus, especially on Tuesday, had a look on his face like, I'm comfortable with this role. <laughs> but in a good no, in a good way. In a very withdrawn no, 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 kind no, of no. like, well, no, no, no. This is it kind of way. No, the, in fact, just the opposite. He really had a look on his face like, this is what we are. He was pleased. It's, it's, with it's that it. it's that uh, that meme that shows up on Facebook where it's like the the dog drinking coffee, like it's animated dog sitting there drinking coffee, and the house is on fire. And he says like, this is fine. Like that's that's funny to me, but not that. Okay, yes, no. I get your point, but that is not my point. Darren, that's w- not what I'm saying. Wouldn't you rather kind of see Sheamus like fighting people for like? The Intercontinental Championship, or fighting like Shinsuke Nakamura, or like Cesaro in like a world title, yeah. uh, would be better. Yes, and then maybe maybe like but no, I don't want to see Sheamus fighting for the Intercontinental title. Would you rather see the club like? I mean, I guess belts, of or, course. Or how about how about uh, how yeah, about the hey. revival, the tag team spotlight for once? Not all three of these teams were all former and current SmackDown Live tag team champions. Okay. Who cares who gets it anymore? Who gives a fuck? I do. Or Sanity do I anything do. on fucking SmackDown? Well, on SmackDown, Sanity came out and had an amazing segment with these teams. Like, Sanity may be able to do what I said Heavy Machinery is not going to be able to do. And Sanity looked pretty cool taking out the Usos and the New Day uh, and sort of like having sort of a a wink and a nod toward the bar and like that's pretty cool like I can dig that Sanity could do a hell of a lot to refresh the tag division over there but my point Sanity should have feuded with New Day when they came in and they did it was very short lived but it's a trio versus a trio that that should have been a program for a few months I could not agree more and just because I have one opinion does not preclude me from having other opinions Darren doesn't even want wrestling anymore I would (laughs) like to god damn it god damn you Uh, I would yes I would like to see Sheamus Fighting for a world title. He's done it before. I think he should do it again. God knows I want Cesaro to be a champion. I want him to be the universal champion. I want people to be forced Don't curse him. to look at him with that fruit roll-up belt and say, that's the man. You know, Right now, Becky Lynch is the man. But one day, Cesaro right. can and should be the man. That doesn't mean that I don't also think... Uh, that they are great right now. Just them being good and them being comfortable with being good in their role does not mean that I don't want the the club or the Good Brothers or whatever they want to call themselves these days 
to be to be tag team champions. Sure, I do. But what I really want is the Good Brothers to go back to New Japan. Right. That's what I want. Which might happen because there. they need to be get gone to hell on from WWE because they have been nothing but abused. There were three weeks. There were three weeks in their entire WWE career where they were cool, and then they immediately began getting shoved to the back, and I hate that. But I like the bar. I like the look on Sheamus. It's not the dog sitting in hell saying this is fine. It was an actual look of true satisfaction on his face, and it made me happy because it kind of echoed my happiness for them as a team. If they're not going to fight for the world title, I'm happy with them being world tag team title holders. Well, then you'll be very happy that they retain those titles and they sneak through with the titles intact. They walked in, the champions, and they walked out, the champions. Alright, so there's a TLC match. The first TLC match. It should be tables, ladders, and chairs involved in the match between Braun Strowman and... And Baron Corbin. That was the match that was next on the card. Uh, take it away, Barry. Oh, what? The, the fact that it wasn't a match at all? Yeah, I mean, why not just cancel this match? Because we all know that Braun Strowman just had surgery. Right. It's okay to be out. I think Braun Strowman could have worked injured. I think he should have worked injured. Even post-op? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously... Be careful and don't, you know, don't bash that arm. But he can do plenty of things one-handed, and he would have looked badass doing it too. They're 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 both, you know, experts at, at bullshit fighting. You know, fake well, fighting. Sure. Yeah, just call a spade a spade here. They could have figured that out because the way it played out was stupid. It was shit. Well, because I guess... And all it would have taken is for Heath Slater to turn on Baron Corbin, and, and that way Braun Strowman gets the victory. That was all you needed. That's. All you needed is for Heath Slater to get his heat back by turning on Braun, by turning on Baron Corbin, who made Heath Slater a referee. That's all you needed. Instead, you get everyone coming out. You get uh, Apollo Cruz coming out, and you get uh, Bobby Roode coming out, and Finn Balor coming out, and everyone beating up on on uh, Baron Corbin with chairs. Eventually, what should have happened probably at the end of the match too is Kurt Angle comes out and beats up on Baron Corbin. Everyone gets their revenge on how poorly they've been treated, you know, during Baron Corbin's reigning uh, GM uh, ness on Raw, and it was just kind of boring and stupid. And you knew exactly what was going to happen. And you know, Braun Strowman wins the match. And it's like, why would everyone help Braun Strowman? He's been terrorizing these exactly. People. He's been terrorizing these people for a year. Exa- why would anyone help Braun Strowman well, get a universal title shot, Darren? Well, that's the that's my point. Is I understand what you said the first time, which is, okay, they're coming out to oppose Corbin, but inadvertently, they're all helping Strowman, yeah. and why would they do that? Why would they do that? That's what makes this really stupid booking, because they even kind of all kind of like smile at Strowman, like, right on. It's like, no, you're injured. Let's kick his ass, too. Like, that, right. that's, that's what should have happened. <laughs> they should have come out and all laid waste to Corbin because they hate him. And Strowman because they hate him. Right. Nobody gets a universal title match. Nobody necessarily loses control of Raw. It's just heels getting what they deserve, or you don't have the match. Uh, it's like there's so many possible good outcomes to this match. This is the one. This is the worst one. Right. What what actually 
happened is the worst case scenario. Well, it should have just been Braun Strowman, like, you know, in the back saying he's too injured to wrestle. So he's been given a replacement, like, you know, Stephanie comes out and gives him a replacement, and it just is Kurt Angle. Oh, there, there who, you who, go. Re- who wrestles like a five-second match with Baron Corbin, and maybe he Slater does something at the end to, like, make sure... Uh, Kurt Angle goes over on him or something like that. But the, just the way it was, was so convoluted and so dumb. and yeah, I didn't like it at all. I didn't like it at all. That Angle story actually might have been the very best way to do it. Uh-huh. But that Angle Angle. Uh- <laughs> that joke hasn't been made 7,000 times in the 111 episodes. So next up we have a tables match between Natalia and Ruby Riot. Uh, with the Riot Squad, Liv Morgan, Sarah Logan joining Ruby at ringside to take on... Natalia, a table for three, a little different table for three. That's right, one that's got a life-size sticker of Jim Neidhart it's on it. It's got like a fathead sticker uh, of Jim Neidhart on it. <laughs> that's not a fathead joke. Um, <laughs> it is a fathead joke. Well, that's a, I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't want Ruby to be that kind of heel. First of all, she's not a heel because she gets cheered. Second of all, she doesn't need to be that kind of... I mean, I guess maybe they're pushing that... that Anarchy angle because that's the only thing punk rock can be to the WWE is anarchy. Right. And anarchy somehow must also equate to IDGAF about anything. Right. And it's like, no, there's smarter ways to write this character. And also, she's a baby face because she's getting cheered. <sighs> Except, of course, if she's making fun of a recently dead man. Right. Then this, of course she's going to get booed. There's one way to get her to get booed. And they do it, and she gets booed. She gets booed. And it makes Natalia the baby face here, but I don't like that. Yeah. And then there's obviously, the, uh, the hard sticker is fucking there the entire match on the table, but also Natalia pulls out the, the hard jacket toward the end of the match, and she puts it on and like points to the sky and gets a big pop for that, but she actually gets legit emotional for a second. Like She starts to cry yeah. for real. And I was like, oh no, she, she's crying for real. Um, well, he just died. I know, Darren. I didn't write the goddamn segment. I'd have been crying, too. I would have just had Ruby, instead of just smashing Jim Neidhart's glasses on the show leading up to it, I would have had Ruby just steal the jacket and then put it on during the match, and people would have booed that, so you don't have a fucking life-size effigy of Jim Neidhart looming over the entire match. People would have gotten that. People aren't stupid. They would have understood the jacket was, you know, uh, Jim's Jim Neidhart's jacket. And then Natalia could have got it back during the match and then used it and put it on and then dropped Ruby through the table and that would have been it. Because she had her own table with Ruby on it. Ooh, mind games, Natalia. <laughs> I don't... No one knows who Ruby Riot's father is, so how about just Ruby Riot is on the table? That makes a lot of sense. It should have been like Lib Morgan or something like that. I'm like... <laughs> Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan both on the table. No, no, no. It should have been Ruby Riot's father. (laughs) Who else? I'm being told backstage, folks, that's Ruby Riot's father. That is Charles Riot. That's (laughs) Charles S. Riot. Ta ta ta. Uh, He is an accountant. He's an accountant. In Sheboygan, Wisconsin. Um, Might be. I don't know. Was it Prang? Is that her real name? Uh, Charles S. Prang. Riot. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) It's Timothy Lovelace. Yeah. Charlie Prang. Charlie Prang, everybody. Charlie Prang, I think, and it's probably just because it's making me think of prawn, but Charlie Prang is a is a shrimper. Mm. He, he, he is a shrimp boat captain. We should have got a life-size sticker of him put on the table. 
<laughs> Natalia does win the match, though, folks. And she had to because, well, look at the story. She can't lose this match. So, anyway. And Natalia's kind of on an upswing. Uh, she's winning matches. She's winning matches that have something at stake, seemingly. She's piling around with Ronda Rousey. Right. And, and all that was before the unfortunate passing of her father, Jim Neidhart. But... Uh, where we're at now with Natalia is what, what I, is kind of like, does that remind you of anything? Does it remind you when Ric Flair was in the hospital and all of a sudden Charlotte got a big, uh, got a big boost? It kind of reminds me of that. It's uh, kind of a, ooh, sorry about your dad, who was a legend here. Uh, but you win matches okay, now, so. Well, uh, it's also this, and this is, this is, this one's going to sting a little bit more, and, uh, this one's going to be a does little. Does it involve sting? A little bit more damning. No, it doesn't involve sting. But, um. Vicky Guerrero's entire career. Yeah. It kind of reminds yeah. me of having to put up with Vicky Guerrero for over 10 years. Well, that's, that, that's, that's, it's Darren saying it, folks. Like, all the hate mail like, needs to really, go to Darren. Like, who, who gets the blame for that? Because she's not a good character, and she never was. Wow. I, it's the name, Darren, the name. They're paying for that name. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's, but why? I, I get it. After I understand. I understand. After a point. <laughs> Although I gotta Hasn't say it this. Been long enough. I gotta Can't say. We, uh... right. No, okay. no, no. I, I get we it. We did it for a few months. Uh-huh. Right, right. Okay, bye. Or just just give her an office in Stanford somewhere. Uh, do and... Something, man. I will say this though. For the first time ever, <laughs> I for I did. Sorry, I, I pictured Vicky Guerrero in an office in Stanford at WWE headquarters. And they're just like, oh no, her her phone's not connected. Like her phone's not plugged in, so she's just sitting there waiting for a phone call that'll never come. Uh, that's uh, kind of sad. That is kind of sad. I, I want that job. You kidding me? Uh, yeah. No, oh, yeah. but not if you're fooled into it. No, we don't get fooled again. Uh, Second who reference of this episode. <laughs> uh, and actually, here's here's a, the third time I've put over Edge and Christian, uh, their network show. Something I would never do. The first thing that, uh, the first thing, the first time I've ever liked Vicky Guerrero, actually, was on the new episode of Edge and Christian, uh, their show on the network, in which they do like a Goonies-themed segment, and the Fratellis are played by Vicky Guerrero, Santino Morella, and Little Guido. Oh my god. And it's like... Oh my god! I know you hate that show for some reason. I don't hate that show. I thought you you just said something you would never do. Put over Edge and Christian. I never I never seen their show. I can't hate their show if I've never seen it before. Okay. I'm that fair. You should watch the new up. You should watch that episode if you don't watch any other the episode. The older Edge gets, the more insane he looks. I can't do it. Uh, it doesn't you? You can even just you can hate Edge and Christian and watch that episode because there are so many. Wrestling jokes that are like, I, that show felt like we wrote the damn episode. It was, it was insane. Like, they're one point, they're walking through, they're doing the Goonies shtick, and they make a point about how desolate uh, the, the cave there. I was like, I've never been anywhere this desolate in my entire life. And I think Edge, one, one of them says it, and the other one says, you've never been to the Impact Zone? Wow. And Tommy Dreamer goes, hey, I used to work there. Oh, wow. I was like, oh, my God. Love those kind of jokes. Shots anyway. Fired. So, uh, next up, Finn Balor takes on Drew McIntyre in a why aren't either of us world title contenders match. <laughs> hey, remember us match? I mean, Finn Balor, the first ever Universal Champion, Drew McIntyre, 
one of the best physical specimens in the company right now. He's got the height. You're McIntyre. Like I can do it for him. <laughs> the height, the the build, the the aesthetic, the the gimmick, the voice, like the entrance. This guy's got the whole thing, and he's fighting on the mid card for this. This this doesn't even have a T, an L, or a C. Or a championship belt. It's exhibition, folks. What? Pure exhibition. And he loses. But it doesn't need it either. It doesn't need it because it's just a good wrestling match. Uh, He loses it, but to no fault of his own, Dolph Ziggler, of course, getting involved. Getting some revenge on his former ally, his former buddy, Drew McIntyre, who said, Wait a minute, I'm a foot taller than you are. I'm going to leave and go, go on to bigger and better things. Which is a great way to... It's the inevitable ending. You can see it a mile away. Of course. Um, Probably happened too soon. Probably happened way too soon. There you go. Yeah. Of course it's the of course it's the ending. Get closer to WrestleMania and set up this this fucking match between the two of these guys. Well, for sure, but also give them some success as a unit. Well, they were tag team champions for a day. For a day. That's the problem. I'm, give them actual I'm, success. Make them be Oh, wow. These are former these are this is two former world champions. Of course they're going to be hard to defeat as tag team champions and make it a struggle and so then when it falls apart then they fall apart and it's more meaningful well something no, absolutely something we mentioned on the show before is just because you put two guys together doesn't mean they have to go become tag team champions they can just be two guys who hang out together and that's fine and that could have been the way too you don't have to put the tag team belt on them i think if people i think if the writers have two guys that are palling around. They go, oh, they got to be tag team champions. They got to be fighting for them. It's like they don't have to automatically. They, they can still only give a shit about the Intercontinental Title or the World Heavyweight Champion, you know, whatever. They don't have to become tag team champions. Leave that to the people who are only tag team wrestlers. Exactly. That's me. Hey, no, you're absolutely right. This, as I said from the beginning, this should have been Shawn Michaels and Diesel. The thing, the thing is, here, here's here's the problem. When you put two people together, or three people together, or two women together, or three women together, whatever, you're not giving people long enough to give a shit about them being together and being friends. You said So that when one inevitably turns on the other, because that will happen 100% of the time, it doesn't mean anything, because they weren't friends for that long anyway. So, you said it. That's it. It is it. That's perfect. That's that's Kevin o- precisely the Kevin point. Owens and Jericho being together for that long, it meant something when Jericho yes, finally did. turned on Kevin Owens. Absolutely. Don't get me started on Janetti and Michaels. All right, continue, continue <laughs> Nowadays, if, if one throws the other through the barbershop window, no one's going to give a flying fuck. Because they were going to break up anyway. Who cares? <sighs> moving on. Um, now we're going back. Uh, well, All right, now we're moving on. Oh, okay. We didn't really go back. Okay. Uh, there are at least chairs, supposedly, in this ne- next match, although the only real move of consequence was kind of botched. Uh, as Rey Mysterio fought Randy Orton, and... Um, who gives a shit match? The, I believe you said that. No, you said no, that. No, no, that, that's, that's, that's a, a phrase that I have coined, but you actually quoted me going into this thing, and, it, and to quote you, a who gives a shit match. So, Darren, um, this time it's on you. Is it? Randy, if I quote you, is it on me? Ray and Randy. Well, I guess it's kind of on me, but more so on you. Um, okay. You used a, used a Ouija board to summon me. Well, I certainly don't disagree. Okay. Uh, so, for what that's worth, 
Rey Mysterio wins. Of course he wins. He has to. They they refuse to book him to lose, no matter what era it is. Rey, and, I, I think Rey's mishandled. I really do. I think they should throw him on 205 Live, and he should have fucking barn burners with this young talent and put this young talent over. All the proof you need that they don't care about 205 Live is that that's not happening. Right. Because well, if they actually cared, he th- what you said would be happening... And it'd probably be setting that show on fire. Right, because if you watch Rey Mysterio do work in uh, New Japan and uh, other places he's wrestled, I mean, he's he's had awesome matches with this young talent. He could have those matches for WWE, but because he does have a fan base, and I'm not, I'm not saying he doesn't have a fan base. He absolutely does. They want to put him on Raw, and I get it, but you need to take two of five live people and have him wrestle them. No one gives a shit if he fights Randy Orton for the 50,000th time. And this match is... Boring, dumb. Uh, it's terrible. And Rey Mysterio wins and runs off and like remembers, oh yeah, that was really hard to do and starts selling injury while he's in the entrance away. Also, <laughs> that was kind of funny. Stop adding uh, a, a faux hawk uh, in, to your mask. Oh my like god. Like a true faux hawk? He, yeah, he did look kind of like a pony. Some sort of like weird fetish pony. He did look like a weird fetish pony. It's, it's kind of odd. Though I, I do think... Don't um, you just feel like a pony when you sweat? Well, well, real quick, I don't know why this made me think of it, but you, you, you mentioned the fact that chairs, TLC, whatever. But this should have been called uh, TLCS, Tables, Ladders, Chairs, and Stipulations. Because I want to go back real quick to the Baron Corbin um, uh, Braun Strowman match. Okay. There were that many fucking stipulations to the match. If Baron Corbin Corbin wins, he gets to be GM forever. If Baron Corbin loses, he is stripped away from uh, being the GM, and Braun Strowman also gets to fight Brock Lesnar at Royal Rumble. And it was like, oh my god, there's so many stipulations to keep in mind, plus the fact that it's like, no DQ and a TLC Uh, match as well. Like It was like, oh, there's too much to think about. Jesus Christ, who booked this? Uh, you're right. And, like, also, you know there's no way Baron Corbin's going to win if it's you're the GM forever. Right, and also Baron Corbin's nothing. okay in a month because he has to wrestle Brock Lesnar See, again! Now, again! I, again! I have no, again! I have no interest in seeing that. Oh, man. I will not watch it. Wow. I will watch the hell out of the men's and women's Rumble matches. Hell in the cells later in the year. I will not watch that match. I will not do it. 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 Who cares if Braun wins now at this point? He's already lost so many times. Who cares? I won't do it. I will not watch it. That's rough. Anyway, uh, Ray Mysterio, that ends, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Ray, Ray does win after a very, very awkward bit where he runs across some chairs and then tries to do a Hurricane Rana onto a seated Randy Orton. But, like, the chairs are not cooperating. And don't forget that wrestling rings do have a little bit of give. So there's too much bouncing on on lightweight metal. It's, oh, it's uh, it's such a mess. <laughs> it's such a mess. It's a beautiful mess. And uh, the... Uh, but uh, chalk up a victory for Fetish Pony. And, uh, oh, thank God. Ray needs this going into his match. At, his retirement? At pay-per-view, Yes. <laughs> Well, that is something that we should actually mention very briefly, is that, isn't this the point where your older talent puts over the newer talent? Why is it that the older talent is still going over on all the newer talent? Well. You're doing what WCW did at the end, where when eventually the old guys did leave, all that was left was the young talent that you did not put over, and no one gave a flying fuck about them. Right. 
Oh, yeah, because what was that, Russo's, uh, the Millionaire's Club? Oh, yeah. And then it was like the Millionaire's Club versus the New Blood. New Blood, yeah. And it was like, first of all, the Millionaire's Club made no sense because it was like 15 guys who had been at each other's throats for the previous <laughs> decade. Common common enemy, Darren. Yeah, okay. Common enemy. Uh, who who, who they tell you is your enemy? Is your common and enemy. like... You know, I'll just, I, I will never forgive, I will never forgive Billy Kidman defeating Terry Bollea. Was it, was it on Nitro or was it on pay-per-view? I don't remember. But Hulk Hogan, he stopped being Hulk Hogan. And he, re- he was just wearing like black jeans and like a sleeveless black shirt. Not in a Hollywood Hogan style, but in a, dude, this is what I showed up at the arena wearing, like Terry Bollea outfit. Right. And he was going by Terry Bollea and he did a job to Kidman, and it's like, what? <laughs> like one of the best, one of the best parts was Hulk Hogan versus Mike Awesome in a tables match that happened sort of also in that era. That was just one of those stretches of time of, of Nitro where, <laughs> from week to week, nothing mattered anymore. There were no stories. There was no continuity. There was no consistency, and that was kind of that way even before the Russo era. It kind of became that way. But yeah, but it got. So so weird there toward the end. No one's debating that the end of WCW was was god awful. So, but WWE is doing that. But to your point, you said let's talk about it for a second. I think that that's part of this. Uh, we didn't mention it earlier. It's actually part of this new direction. Is this like bringing people back? I think that like yeah, like Taker and Kane versus uh, DX. Uh, in Saudi Arabia. Like, the idea that we're going to do this some more. We're going to bring back Mysterio and have him fight Orton. It's not going to be the wrestling... It's not going to be the traditional wrestling route of bring back Mysterio so that he can put over Balor or, or some... Or, you know, like, Elias. No. Put him up against somebody who's equally a veteran because that way we have Balor and McIntyre for the people that want to see the young guys even though neither of those guys are that young anymore. Right. Or, you could, if you want, you can watch Mysterio and Orton on the same card. Again, things that Vince McMahon and everyone who was ever associated with Vince McMahon shit on every other company for doing, and now they're doing it. Whether it works for them or doesn't work for them, it's always good to see that Vince McMahon has no integrity, he has no standards, <laughs> he stands for nothing. Right. Uh, other than stand for no, Connecticut, other than a dollar bill, and that's that's sad. That that's, that's truly sad when a man has no convictions whatsoever, um, like Boy George. And uh, <laughs> next up, Raw Women's <laughs> Championship match: Ronda Rousey is your champion. She takes on Nia Jax. What should have happened at the Survivor Series? Uh, I'm okay with it happening here because this match made me happy. It was a good match. It was a very good match. Uh, I mean, typical of what you see in a uh, Nia Jax match, which is just Nia Jax being the the big old monster that she is, and she's really living up this whole uh, uh, face breaker gimmick, which that shouldn't be a thing because you legit gave someone a concussion with your sloppy fucking fighting. Uh, so I, I don't like uh, you that. Hate, you hate that more than I do, but I, I feel you. Yeah, yeah. I, I get why you run with it, but I also don't think you should run with it at the same time. Fair so. enough. Combat of interest. I get I get the whole using what is real to, to kind of 
put push further the whole like oh it's is it real is it not real I, I get it I get it but fuck you you fucked up <laughs> and then, then this is you getting your just desserts Ronda Rousey going over on Nia Jax Ronda Rousey pulling out new moves dude she's so good th- new things I haven't seen Ronda Rousey do uh, doing great against someone who's you know three of her <laughs> easily dude there are three different times where she quote unquote climbs the tree yeah. And, like, two of them were, like, literal. She ran up Nia Jax's body like a fucking parkour course. Yeah. But she, like, steps on her knee and then steps on her hip and then, like, jumps around her head. I was like, who in the hell is this? Is this the best wrestler in the world? (laughs) Could be. I'm not kidding. Could be. Ronda Rousey could be the best wrestler in the world come this time next year. Because she's already this good. Yeah, I think she's doing uh, doing very, very well. And considering she's only had so many matches as it is, and the fact that she's making vast improvements match to match, it's, it's really great. I really enjoy watching Ronda. I, I, I hope you guys do too. Hashtag your listeners. I don't. I know that I'm very positive on her. I know Darren is, quote, on the Ronda Rousey train. But I do wonder uh, what our casual listeners think I wonder think too. About it. As this extreme positivity is coming out of my yeah. mouth, I can almost feel people. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm wondering if people are kind of like, oh, "Those guys like her." I don't know why. Just she's not Alicia Fox, and she never will be. Dude, good. No, no, no. I'm no, glad because she is. And that, that, that I didn't mean that to put down Alicia Fox either. But I like Alicia Fox just fine. But no, Ronda Rousey is just something very different. And that makes her special, and I, I'm really, really all about that. She does go over on Nia Jax here, which is great. Um, and the thing about this is it makes everyone love Ronda Rousey because she put that no-good Nia Jax away that everyone hates because she took Becky Lynch out of her marquee match against Ronda Rousey at Survivor Series. So this Ronda Rousey beating up on Nia Jax. Everyone loves Ronda Rousey! And you'll see how they fuck that up later in the pay-per-view. Immediately, though, we get to see Nia Jax skulking around backstage uh, having to deal with her defeat. And Becky Lynch approaches Nia Jax and she's just like, Hey, remember when you broke my face? Yeah. And then she's just like, Fuck you! And she punches her and says, Keep my name out of your mouth. Becky Lynch going around backstage like a pimp that is owed money. (laughs) Going to random Johns. That's why I said, man, I'm having a hard time trying to ride two trains at once. Uh, you're straddling the trains, but again, they're still running parallel, so you're Dude, good. You're good. If they, if these trains end up, which it looks like they're kind of headed toward each other, mm-hmm. I'm in trouble. <laughs> I'm going to get smashed into oblivion cree. <laughs> right in between right. these two trains because I love the Ronda Rousey, but I have loved. Becky Lynch for several years now, and that has only intensified lately. That's 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 all right. I, I totally understand. You can like more than one ice cream flavor, folks. You can. Now we go to the WWE Championship match. <laughs> so it's event. nowhere near the main event, of course, even though it is the highest title on the card, with with two of WWE's top performers, nonetheless. Yeah, but uh, not the main event. Uh, Daniel Bryan is the WWE Champion, and he is defending the title in San Jose against AJ Styles here at TLC 2018. And uh, what do you think about this match? Uh, I think it's a fine match. There's no doubt these two could wrestle uh, very well. And uh, I still don't know how I feel about the program as it is. I, I think, I don't want to repeat myself, but I'm going to have to to make my point here. Just seeing people like Samoa Joe, who's very talented. Shinsuke Nakamura, who's very talented, both repeatedly lose to AJ Styles, only to have this 
AJ had had this long winning streak that people that they talked about toward the end of it, but then it was kind of pointless, and they never even made him the main event the entire time he was champion. And then for for you know Daniel Bryan to just come in on a SmackDown and randomly beat him for the championship to begin with was kind of like oh well that's kind of a fuck you to Samoa Joe and Shinsuke who tried very hard to become champions who both could have been champion for like a month in there somewhere. Again, no reason Shinsuke could not have won at WrestleMania and been champion throughout their entire program until eventually dropping the belt back to AJ Styles again. But anyway, um, so I, there, there is kind of that resentment going into this feud with uh, Daniel Bryan being the champion. Um, beyond that, they're two great performers, and of course they can put on a fucking phenomenal nobody did it uh, match. Of course, an excellent match. The funny thing about this to me is Daniel Bryan is the heel. <laughs> the guy who thinks solar panels is a bad idea is being vilified in the WWE. What fucking year is this? Because you hear a lot of commentary talking about how uh, Daniel Bryan is, is kind of like... He, 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 things we've known about Daniel Bryan for a long time is very, like, environmental, you know, and, and very, like... Uh, like, he's a vegan and all that stuff. And so, like, that's kind of becoming his character now, where it's like, he thinks we should all be vegan, and we should all use solar panels and stuff like that. So that he, they're saying that in commentary, and it's like, <laughs> because he wants everyone to be more healthy, he's a he's a bad guy? Like, it's just funny to me. Oh, okay, I guess. Like, like that's a bad guy to you? The guy <laughs> who thinks we should have a, a, a lighter power bill and reduce pollution <laughs> is the heel? That's very funny to me. Well, you know, they, they actually ran with that gimmick about seven years ago. Six or seven years ago, was very briefly his gimmick. He started wearing this this uh, this rain jacket, like uh, just for his entrance. That like he was like a like an eco warrior, and they really pushed that for a very short period of time. When they were obsessed with making everything no no no, and he was the angry goat, and he was you know everything. He was sort of like this militaristic like vegan like. And we know those people. I know those people. Please keep your so it's easy to make keep that your in, veganism off my body. It's easy to make that into a villain because everyone knows that guy. But, but at the it, same time, they, they need to make him. But it's not naturally villainous, right? 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 But they, they need to make him full on Bizarro World, Daniel Bryan, where he does the no, no, nos. He instead of pointing up, he points down. Like, like just do everything flip flop. Do yeah. everything reverse flash. You know, fine. He could be. Professor Zoom? Professor Zoom, yeah, yeah. <laughs> was he a doctor or was he a professor? I kind of forgot for a second there, but yes. Um, so yeah, I think you should kind of push that a bit more instead of just, I'm crazy, you should eat vegetables and some fish. You know, whatever. So. I like his I like his gear, though. Like, he's not going to put on a suit and tie. He's going to put on a Kurt Cobain sweater and hemp shoes, you know, like vegan shoes or whatever. They don't have a, they don't have a rubber sole. Right. Um, and or a revolver. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I I, I, lo- I like Daniel Bryan so much that I'm forgiving the 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 missteps here because I I am I am honestly truly happy that he's wrestling again. That that's great. I still would much rather see him being uh, involved in Wrestle Kingdom. In a couple weeks in the Tokyo Dome. Right, right, right. But I'll take him wrestling at WrestleMania, especially if it means near the top of the card for a belt in a good match. Well, that's yet to be seen. But uh, I don't know. I like Daniel Bryan so much, and I like him being 
It's just there needs to be more of a reason that he's that he's what is this new Daniel Bryan? There's nothing new about it. It's just Daniel Bryan, right? But he's it's, crazy now. Instead of being a, a pansy, he's a, he's a meanie, right? Right. And like what? That's not enough. That's he's, he's a green meanie. That's like that's anybody any day. You can have a change of heart. Needs to be more to it. Is all. No, I, I totally agree with that. Uh, Daniel Bryan, of course, does retain that title. Title that means so much to WWE, their uh, <laughs> their world title, the SmackDown title. Now here's a match that could be very good: Dean Ambrose with his new Bane gimmick versus uh, versus Daniel Bryan with the new Daniel Bryan, and it could be like this. Uh, I don't know. They got to be a team, not a tag team. Please don't make them a tag team with the tag team champions. If they shake hands at any point, they'll become tag team oh, champions. God, please don't. But they could be like, they could wrestle in a tag match, or they could be like-minded and have some of the similar goals. You know, or you could just have them opposed to each other. You could have Dean Ambrose uh, with, the, with the gas mask and the, the, the fur collar. You could even play up that it's real sheepskin, you know, or, or sheep's fur or whatever. And you have, like, he represents the concrete jungle, and Dean Ambrose is like this earth father, like, coming from the, from the soil and, and have that kind of weird, like, Alan Moore's Swamp Thing based feud. Um, <laughs> I want I, I want you to go to a pitch meeting with Vince McMahon, and that's exactly what you say. And if I say the words Alan Moore's Swamp Thing, and he will shoot me. <laughs> he will pull out a gun from his top drawer and shoot me dead. Um, and he'd be wrong for that, because that'd be a great story. But also manslaughter. Dan, Dan Ambrose. Manslaughter is some of the greatest stories in human That's history. Good story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't Sandman try to shoot someone once? No, no, Brian Pillman. Didn't Brian Pillman try to shoot someone once? <laughs> he almost shot dead Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's true. Uh, but why? But that's because he was breaking into his home. That's what happened. You, stand your ground. Stand your ground. So Dean Ambrose. Speaking of Dean Ambrose, is in the penultimate match of the evening. He will uh, take on Seth Rollins, former BFF. Seth Rollins has the Intercontinental Championship uh, at the beginning of this night in San Jose. Seth Rollins, uh, he's got hurt feelings. He's got hurt feelings. And because uh, Dean Ambrose has sort of left him high and dry. Uh, so from Flight of the Concords to uh, Radiohead. <laughs> and uh, Seth Rollins, I think, is he's fighting an uphill battle here. He doesn't have the uh, ex- he doesn't have the added motivation. If anything, he has a little bit of wind taken out of his sails by this uh, program, by the realities of the hashtag. If wrestling were real, that Dean Ambrose has turned on him. He's hurt him. He's disrespected the Shield. He's not only said I'm moving on from it, but he's saying it actually held me back. He's not saying it worked for a time and now I'm past it. He's saying it was always the problem. Now, lest we forget, Seth Rollins was the very first person to ever break up the Shield. Right. When he decided he wanted to be Mr. Nasty Attitude for several years. But um, it's Dean Ambrose's uh, moment in the sun now. And he's going to take it to Rollins in the light of this, this, this new reality and take that Intercontinental Championship away from him. I imagine Vincent Mann's probably pretty happy with uh, Dean Ambrose right now because he did put on some bulk and he did shave his head and kind of clean up his act a bit so he looks a bit more traditional in the eyes of Vince McMahon. 
uh, more like someone who could be a champion or whatever. And it's evident because he's champion already. He's intercontinental champion, which used to mean something. I mean, uh, Dean Ambrose uh, was IC champion uh, WrestleMania before last. I mean, he's been IC champion not too long ago. Um, don't know if he'll ever get another title run. Not on Raw. He won't be Universal Champion anytime soon. No. But um, so that's just very interesting to me. Like I wonder, I wonder what the plan is for Dean Ambrose going forward. Obviously, it's this feud. But then, what's next? Does that mean Seth Rollins is going to move on to the the main event uh, spotlight for the Universal Championship? Because they kind of need to start bringing people up into it, considering that you know Lesnar is not going to be around for much longer. Roman Reigns is not an option at this point. There is no John Cena. Like, it's, it's what do you do? You're going to have to start elevating people uh, to put them in that Universal Championship spotlight. Braun Strowman's going to need an opponent very, very soon. And who, who, who? <laughs> at this point, I guess Drew McIntyre. But you got to get to that point. So anyway, the belt is now off of Seth Rollins. Doubt he'll get it back because he wasn't really doing a lot with it to begin with. No, it was just kind of hanging around. Kind of an AJ Styles thing. Kind of a boring yeah. champion. And and that, the thing is, it's, you know, the writing and the, the, the programs that you're booked into, sometimes it just doesn't work as well as you'd hope. Um, sometimes it's just fucking stupid. The Samoa Joe stuff is really <laughs> stupid. Anyway, um, so now Ambrose is your IC champion, which I like a lot. You know, having Ambrose around is really cool. Gotta say, it's really weird not having Roman Reigns around. It's feeling really weird without <laughs> Roman Reigns around. Uh, and I mentioned a second ago, John Cena. Kind of the same thing. There is no John Cena and Roman Reigns. And those are the two guys that everyone loved to hate because they were the guys. And now that just shows you that you can put the, the company on the shoulders of anyone. But, you know, life can happen. They can either get courted over to Hollywood or, you know, unfortunate medical issues can arise. And then what do you got? That's why you have to make sure... You don't put over one guy. You put over a few guys the best you can. That way, when one of them goes away for whatever reason, the other guys are there. People, they're, they're credible threats. They're, they're credible champions. So that's a lesson WWE has yet to learn. I couldn't agree more with that. And another thing that's so weird about it is we never saw a decline with Reigns and Cena. That's what makes it so weird. Everybody wanted to see them fail. See them fall. See them precipitously decline. We didn't see that. They were there. They were as relevant as they were on day one of their mega pushes. And then they weren't there. Yeah. There wasn't a slowdown. There wasn't even a slamming on of the brakes. There was a disappearance. It's like a rapture happened. (laughs) And and Reigns and Cena were like... Because it was like... Oh, is that what you want? You want them to go away? They're gone. Wait a minute, what? Uh, I was going to say it's like going to a restaurant that you go to like a couple times a week and there's like something that you always get and all of a sudden it's not in the menu anymore. So you're scrambling to be like, oh, then I'll have, I'll, well shit, what do I want then? Like, it, it's kind of that to me. Yeah, it's a lot, yeah, that's a good comparison. It's, it's weird. It's, I don't know what, I don't know what else to say about it other than it's so it is strange to, to, to look out at that landscape and see that Reigns and Cena are not there and they're not going to be there. Yeah. Now, you can't tell me that John Cena will not wrestle at WrestleMania. Oh, no. There's no way they're going to go to New York for WrestleMania 35, you know, because you always got to make a big deal about your zeros and your fives. So 35... <laughs> we it, know we do here at the whole wrestling show. The only wrestling <laughs> podcast that calls them right down the middle. 
in that respect, in that, and maybe only in that respect, but in that respect, 35 is more important than 34 or 36. Right, right. Uh, the fact that it's in New York also, the fact that now they're saying New Direction, ha la 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 la, you can't not have John Cena there. So, really, you only don't see him for three months. Well, you, you don't. Yeah, I've never seen him before. Oh, because you can't cause see his, him, Darren. Because it's, it's his gimmick. There you go. But uh, yeah, so I know what it looks you, like. You're right. We got. We've got to see someone step up, and it sh- it should be Strowman, but not coming out there with a sling on. That doesn't encourage me at all. To think he stands a chance in January. When when Braun Strowman's 100%, he's lost against Lesnar on multiple occasions. Right. Why do I think a wounded Braun Strowman's going to do well against uh, Brock Lesnar? It's, it's, the Universal title has just been cursed from day one. You know, the only the, as, a, as a matter of fact, the only way, and it, I still wouldn't have liked it, it still wouldn't have been great, the only way to make that Strowman-Corbin thing work earlier in this night at TLC was it everything played out? Because you're not going to convince Vince to do anything differently than they did out there. But then maybe when Strowman's going to the back, Lesnar and Heyman are standing at the top of the ramp, right? At least to go like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, you with the gimpy arm, you're going to beat me, <laughs> you know. And, and say to your point exactly, Heyman could even say, or just Heyman. You don't need you don't need Lesnar there, just Heyman. But you, yeah, okay, fine, one way or the other. And but have Heyman say. You, what you just said, you can't beat him at your best. Now you need 12 guys to help you beat Baron Corbin. Right, right. What are you going to do in January? You know what? Brock's going to take the month off. And then you go back. Yeah, anyway. Ugh. No, no. It, it, it's a cluster. and it's, You know what's not a cluster? The main event. The main event! It well, Okay. Okay. I can, I, I, I'm using my prognostication powers to know that you're going to find a way to really hate on this ending, and that's fine. But in my mind, not as not a cluster. This main event is is actually a solid main event. I was happy with it. The match is good, and it deserved to be main event. Yes, the main event of TLC 2018 is a triple threat match for the SmackDown Live Women's Championship. The champion Becky Lynch, aka the Man. Defending against the Empress of Tomorrow, Asuka, and the Queen, Charlotte Flair. Now, I think it's great that Becky Lynch says, that's fine, you can be you can be an Empress, you can be a Queen, you can be a boss, I'm the man. <laughs> and if you really want to challenge narrow minds, call yourself the man. Dig it, dig it, dig it. And, and it not all, I mean, dig that quote, dig that nickname... The look on her face these days, every promo she shoots, every entrance, every move and every match, Becky Lynch is firing on all cylinders. I'm, I'm so super stoked about her right now. And this is, I mean, everyone's on board. Uh, the, the Becky Lynch train, as, as Darren put it earlier, um, and it's very true. It's the best she's ever been. Um, you know, her being the straight fire, can-do attitude, Becky Lynch was fine, there's only so much you can do with that because I think that's about eighty percent of the wrestlers was like, "You give me a chance, I'll get out that I will do it." You know, I, I will do a good job. Um, so her <laughs> just her just being this you know shit talking uh, lady uh, who's a really good wrestler uh, is, is it's really really cool. I, I like uh, this direction they've taken her. So WWE sometimes makes good decisions, and this right here is one of those. 
Um, so this match is a good decision. This match is a good decision. And putting it on last as a main event is a good decision as well. And, and thankfully, the main event of TLC is a TLC match. Thankfully. And uh, they they don't shy away from using plenty of T's, L's, and C's. Uh, some of the funnier moments were uh, Asuka throwing Charlotte into a table, but it like broke off like 5% of the table, which, one, probably hurt Charlotte's ass to, to land, basically from a powerbomb into a seated position. Right. Not to mention that then the back of her head slams into the table, which doesn't break. Uh, that was pretty gnarly. Becky going to town on Asuka and Charlotte with a chair at one point. Absolutely beating them mercilessly. I don't want to imagine the welts all over the backs, bottoms, and the back of the like triceps and forearms of, of Asuka and Charlotte. Had to be pretty gnarly. <laughs> then, I think... I'm sure any of those table bumps had to be awful. Any big bumps off a ladder had to be awful. The most jarring moment of the match to me was at one point Charlotte puts Becky on a table. And then Charlotte goes up to the top rope and just basically pulls a Sandman. Oh, yeah. Standing on the top rope, she just kind of falls forward. It's like a, I got like a lazy man's uh, senton bomb. Yeah. Um, which is not to insult it. It's just... You know, it's not a giant leap through the air like well, Jeff hashtag, Hardy. Hashtag of wrestling were real. All you have to do is fall onto your opponent. Who's it doesn't on the table. matter how. Yeah, it doesn't exactly. matter how you do it. You don't have it doesn't to. Doesn't matter do how like, many fucking four fifties or whatever you do to get there. Just fucking fall on your opponent with your body really, weight. Body weight. That's yeah, what yeah, it matters. That's it. So Sandman had it right. So f- fuck, f- fuck Juventud Guerrera. Yeah, he didn't know what he was doing. Sandman, he knew what he was doing. Exactly. Sandman didn't have to go to the YMCA and be a gymnast for six years. <laughs> I don't think I don't think Sandman's ever been to the YMCA for working out. Maybe well, he was there for needed a place to stay for a while. <laughs> in expensive rooms. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but that wasn't actually the spot I'm talking about. It's as Charlotte is preparing for that spot. Right. She situates Becky on the table, and then she slaps her. She slapped her so hard that like. There was like face meat, like her face meat jiggled afterward. Right. I've never seen anyone slap that hard in my whole life. Wow. I'm not kidding. She situates Becky, and Becky's eyes are closed too, which is also, so she doesn't so she bra- see it coming. She oh, didn't see it coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Becky is, br- like, she. this is late in the match. Becky Lynch is tired, and she's lying there on the table, desperately trying to catch her breath as Charlotte's, like, squaring her up on the table. And then Charlotte just. Smack as hard as she can. Smacks that recently concussed face of Becky. And Becky's like, it's so bad because Becky, again, she's not selling the slab. So her head doesn't move. But her face, it's like when you watch the slow mo of a boxing match. Right, right. When they hit and you just see like spit and Uh, sweat. uh. And then like. Well, you should stop watching all boxing matches in slow motion. And like ripples of skin. Mm -hmm. That's what it was. It was like. To watch Becky's head stay still, but her face ripple. You'd watch Charlotte smack the soul out of Becky Lynch's body. That's what it looked like, <laughs> right, dude. Right, right. Anyway, so let, let, let just... and it's always—I mean, it's always kind of cringeworthy when you see a women uh, tables rather involved in a women's match. 
Only because I mean, tables don't fucking cooperate in any wrestling match. And these men who are like 200, 300 pound dudes going through tables. Even then sometimes the table just falls wonky or doesn't break at all. For the women, I'd say more than half the time the table does not break because their weight is so light. Right. So whenever it's stuff like this, it's always like, please work, please work. I've seen so many women come up the top rope and just fall onto their opponent and the table does not break. And then worse, the table goes sideways and they land ribs, sternum first onto this fallen over table. And it's like, oh, Sasha and Charlotte, some prime examples of that happening. That's hell in the cell match they had where they're just bouncing off the tables because Sasha weighs like 90 pounds. It's like, oh my God, stop using tables. Just use the cage. You guys are too light to go to tables, please. You're beating the shit out of each other. Well, we, there's plenty of beating the shit out of each other in this match. Like, it really is. The ones, the, the ones that I mentioned earlier are just a few of the spots. Uh, there's a point in which Charlotte spears Asuka into that one breakaway part of the barricade which I agree they go to that well a little bit too often. Um, they, they do. I, it happens in every Nia Jax match uh, these days, except for the one on this night, I guess, so that we can see it right. in the main event. But uh, it's like, why don't they do that? Because it, it becomes too easy to see the gimmick. Right, 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 right. Do that in another part of the barricade. No, we can't because they don't break away. Right. So always doing it in the, one, in the same Stay spot. Stay away from that area, you larger wrestlers, you. So that's a, that uh, the fact that because neither Charlotte, I mean Charlotte's not a small girl, but she's not Nia Jax either, right? And Oscar is very small, so they don't devastate this barricade and like send it into the third row the way that Nia does. <laughs> Instead, they kind of only break it about halfway down, which makes it look extra painful, right? Because it actually looks like oh shit, she tried to spear her through a wall, and it kind of gave. And it kind of didn't because it's a wall. Right. And that's that. That's pretty pretty gruesome, if you will. But there's a lot of gruesome spots in this. Uh, there's another spot outside where Asuka's on the ground. Becky picks up Charlotte. And there's a table just leaning against the barricade. Not even at an angle. Like, I mean, I would say at just negligible angle at all. It's more like it's just leaning up to be used. Becky, like... Body slams slash hip tosses her just into it, and it's like, ow! <laughs> right. Like, it was just sort of like, had she been standing, it would have been an Irish whip. But it was just like, this very strange move that was just like, so not typical, and therefore, extra good. That was great. I mean, you get tired of seeing the same fucking moves in WWE matches all the time. When you see, I think that's what's so special about Ronda, by the way. Yeah, yeah. But no, it for has Becky to be different to do- every time because you haven't seen her wrestle these people every single time, so it's good. This though should have been Ronda working her way up to the Raw Women's Championship, not her defending the championship against every person. But that's just me. I agree. No, I agree with that. No, but this this TLC match was the most anticipated match for me going into this pay per view, and it definitely delivered. Same and here. It was it was a lot of fun, and again, worthy of being the main event. The ending though. Okay. The ending. Asuka wins this match, folks. She does. She gets that women's championship. I was surprised. Off that ladder. I wasn't. I figured if, if this were the time to do it, this would be the time. And okay. you're, you're probably all thinking like, oh, well, Asuka, Asuka is now the, the SmackDown women's champion. Perry should be very, very happy. Well, guess what, dear listeners? I am not happy! What? I am not happy! You should be very happy. Well, the end of the match isn't just Asuka climbing the ladder and being victorious now, is it, Darren? No, it's not. Well, what happens at the end of the match, Darren? Okay, so 
they, they, they're all, it's a hell of a match. Again, I, the, 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 the conversation is about to take a different direction in which you poo-poo the whole thing. And that's fair. And that's also your opinion, which is doubly fair. Um, and that's not a fat joke. And uh, <laughs> nevertheless, they have beat... I want to give credit where credit's due. These three ladies had an outstanding match. There's lots of climbing up. There's lots of near grabs. But the closest at any point that it comes up to this point is Charlotte and Becky climbing the ladder... Both reaching for the belt, Ronda Rousey comes out. Ronda pushes over one of the tall ladders, sending Charlotte and Becky to the floor. There's another tall ladder, and Asuka, unopposed, climbs up, grabs the belt. She's the newest SmackDown Women's Champion. Ronda struts off, <laughs> swinging her shoulders back and forth like a madwoman. Yeah. Um, with a, a really upset look on her face, and... Uh, that's kind of typical, Rhonda. She's either smiling way too much to be as mad as she should be going into the match, or she's doing that super angry look. Um, so yeah, what I don't like about this is, now the last time I saw Ronda Rousey in a pay-per-view match, it was against Charlotte Flair at Survivor Series, where she was booed out of the building after she, you know, well, she didn't lose the match. She technically won the match against Charlotte. People were all of a sudden all about Charlotte and totally against Ronda Rousey, and we were both kind of like, why is that? Ronda just put on a fucking excellent match, whatever. So, in this match that she has on TLC, she fights Nia Jax, who everyone hates. So, Ronda Rousey, everyone has to love because everyone hates Nia Jax so much. So, Ronda Rousey goes over Nia Jax. Everyone's happy. Everyone's loving Ronda Rousey because she beat that horrible, no-good Nia Jax. It's great. So, it's like, okay, good. Now, people are on Ronda Rousey's side. Great. That's all you had to do. So, let's just... Uh, oh, no! What's this? You're going to have Ronda Rousey interfere in the main event, making both Charlotte, who they now all of a sudden love, and Becky, who they really love, lose the match? Because Ronda... So, now everyone's pissed at Ronda Rousey for making both Charlotte and Becky lose. I'm not saying there's not a lot of Oscar fans out there, because there actually are quite a few. There are. So, that happened. Now, everyone's against Ronda again, even though you just got them on Ronda's side. You fucked it up. And within an hour, you fucked it all up. And Asuka doesn't win the match cleanly. And in a table, ladders, and chairs match, she could have very. It could have been Becky and Charlotte fighting each other on top of the ladder. They both fall off of it because they're just so hell bent on each other, on the other losing, I should say, and you know not winning the belt that they they cancel each other out. And Asuka just kind of tiptoes up and gets the ladder because it's anyone's match in a TLC match. It should be anyway. Instead, Asuka had to have someone interfere on her behalf. To win the match, which I do not appreciate. I don't like that at all. I understand. I understand that last part most of all. Okay. Not to defend, but maybe to help explain the first part of it, let me say this is what's problematic about having a an incomplete crossover during a definitive brand split era. You're telling two different stories. You're telling a Ronda Rousey story on Raw. You're telling a Becky and Charlotte story on SmackDown. But because you share pay-per-views, every 30 to 45 days, you're putting both brands on a single show. And if you choose to book it this way, you have an intermingling. Right. Well, then that kind of creates a third semi-divergent storyline in which you can... But you probably don't want to, but you probably end up doing so muddy who's a face and who's a heel. 
because you have this third divergent storyline. Well, that's the thing, too, is now everyone is a heel. So That's my point. Right, 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 right. And so now you have this crossover storyline, and you don't know who to cheer for, which I will say is less problematic in 2018 than it would have been in 2008, and certainly in 1998, and certainly in 1988. Right. Which is to say... People are going to cheer for whoever they want to cheer for anyway. Regardless of their their babyface or heel tactics or how they're booked, if it, if it comes down to like a triple threat main event of WrestleMania, Rousey, Lynch, Flair, all that's going to matter of who you cheer for is who you were already going to cheer for. It's not going to matter the storyline. No, I totally agree with that. Whether However, that happens at Rumble or Mania or any point in between, that's the reality there. I totally understand that. I know we talked about it in the show many times we don't necessarily need a good guy versus a bad guy, but there is such thing as taking a heat away from someone else. And oh. I'll, I will immediately go to Tommaso Ciampa, who's one of the hottest heels in wrestling right now. All of a sudden, Johnny Gargano is now a heel, which takes heat away from Tommaso Ciampa. I could not agree with that. And that's what the more. issue is here with the women. Becky was the heel, or at least the anti-hero. Charlotte decided she wants to be the old Charlotte again, who's super heel. But now Ronda Rousey came in and fucked them both up, so now she's she's a heel. heel. So it's like, what is going on? Anyway, Asuka is a SmackDown champion, which I love. She finally got the title. Don't agree with the way she got it, but doesn't mean that I can't be happy with the way she holds on to it. Sure. So they did what we thought, what we said should happen. You can have Becky and Charlotte fight without the title being in the picture. It's true. And I said hopefully Asuka would walk away with the belt and kind of go be champion for a while. Well, not kind of, absolutely be champion for a while. And that's what I get. So I am happy about Asuka being champion. Again, not happy the way it went down. But in the record books, it will just say Asuka, SmackDown Women's Champion. It won't be asterisk. But Ronda Rousey came out and it was kind of confusing for a while. Um, so that's that. And that's TLC, folks. That was Tables, Ladders, and Chairs. Uh, all in all, not bad. Uh, some interesting stuff, some shitty stuff in there. That's kind of par for the course when it comes to WWE, when you have all these things going on. Uh, and that's, uh, that is that. TLC, of course, brought to you by Karate Fighters. Karate Fighters! <laughs> not really, not really, not really. But uh, yeah, there you have it. Did you enjoy TLC? Let us know. There's a lot of ways you can let us know. Find us on Twitter, a Ref and Show Podcast, R-E-F-N-S-H-O-W-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Find us on Facebook, like and share. We would appreciate that. Send us a Gmail if you want to. The whole Ref and Show at gmail.com, T-H-E-W-H-O-L-E-R-E-F-N-S-H-O-W at gmail.com. Or you can always find us on Instagram. We spend a pretty decent amount of time on there as the whole Ref and Show. Come check out our pictures. Like them. And uh, we'll give you a follow back, and maybe uh, we'll like some of your awesome pictures. We are a follow back girl. That's right. <laughs> sure. The, well, the folks, shit is bananas. This shit is bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. See, we don't know TLC very well, but we do know some of Gwen Stefani's latter stuff. Uh, her Latter-day Saints. Uh, well, my mug of, uh, of hot cocoa is running empty here, Darren, which means we must be hitting the end of our show uh, once again, we do want to wish all you hashtag dear listeners a Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays or whatever it is that you celebrate. Uh, have a good one, definitely. We'll uh, be coming back to you next week. Apologize for the, the mystery guest. Turned out to be kind of 
weird situation for us. Uh, but maybe uh, we can drink some Santa tea to follow. Oh, up. some Santa tea. <laughs> uh, that sounds like some eggnog to me. Once again, folks, my name is Perry Smith, and my name is the incredible badass that is Darren Beasley. And we wish you happy holidays. We wish you all the best, and we wish you to come back next week for the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. The whole Reffin Show. Bye-bye. Merry Christmas!